0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Preacher Chick Podcast. I am Stacy, the Preacher Chick and today is day 307 of reading the Bible together every day this year. Today we're reading 1 Corinthians 13-14 as well as Psalm 147. We just have today and tomorrow in 1 Corinthians and then we get to move on to 2 Corinthians. I think it's always cool when we get to finish a book and start a new book because it just... It, I'm a list maker, I'm a, I'm, I like to check things off, and it just shows completion and moving towards the full completion, and I'm very excited about it. So anyway, today we're going to dive right into 13 and 14. Let's go. If I speak human or angelic tongues but do not have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all the faith so that I can move mountains, but do not have love, I'm nothing. And if I give away all my possessions and if I give over my body in order to boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Every time I read this, I literally think we should have to play like just somebody just, you know how, okay, I'm a pastor. I'm in a church all the time. But regardless, imagine being in the church or at a music store and there's a little kid and there are drum sets just sitting there. What do they do? They just go over and start pounding, right? That's what I imagine Paul is saying here. Look, you can do all of these things, but if you don't have love, it is everything else is so loud that it drowns out what your intentions and what you're trying to do and it's pointless. Nobody can hear you. Nobody can focus on anything else because it's just obnoxiously loud and without purpose. Like you have to have love. And then he goes on. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy, is not boastful, is not arrogant, is not rude, is not self-seeking, is not irritable, and does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was like a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put aside uh, childish things. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. But then face to face, now I know in part, but then I will know fully as I am fully known. Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, and especially that you may prophesy. For the person who speaks in another tongue is not seeking or is not speaking to people, but to God. Since no one understands him, he speaks mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the person who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and consolation. The person who speaks in another tongue builds himself up, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. I wish all of you spoke in other tongues, but even more that you prophesied. The person who prophesies is greater than the person who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets so that the church may be built up. So now, brothers and sisters, If I come to you speaking in other tongues, how will I benefit you unless I speak to you with a revelation or knowledge or prophecy or teaching? Even lifeless instruments that produce sounds, whether flute or harp, if they don't make a distinction in the notes, how will what is played on the flute or harp be recognized? In fact, if the bugle makes an unclear sound, who will prepare for battle? In the same way, unless you use your tongue for intelligible speech, how will what is spoken be known? For you will be speaking into the air. There are doubtless many different kinds of languages in the world. None is without meaning. Therefore, if I do not know the meaning of the language, I will be a foreigner to the speaker, and the speaker will be a foreigner to me. So also, you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, seek to excel in building up the church. Therefore, the person who speaks in another tongue should pray that he can interpret. For if I pray in another tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What then? I will pray with the spirit and I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing praise with the spirit and I will also sing praise with my understanding. Otherwise, if you praise with the spirit, how will the outsider say amen at your giving of thanks since he does not know what you're saying? For you may very well be giving thanks, but the other person is not being built up. I thank God that I speak in other tongues more than all of you. Yet in the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding in order to teach others also than 10,000 words in another tongue. Brothers and sisters, don't be childish in your thinking, but be infants in regard to evil and adult in your thinking. It is written in the law. I will speak to this people by people of other tongues and by the lips of foreigners. And even then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. Speaking in other tongues, then, is intended as a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers, while prophecy is not for unbelievers, but for believers. If, therefore, the whole church assembles together and all are speaking in other tongues and people who are outsiders or unbelievers come in, will they not say that you are out of your minds? But if all are prophesying and some unbeliever or outsider comes in, he is convicted by all and is called to account by all. The secrets of his heart will be revealed, and as a result, he will fall face down and worship God, proclaiming, God is really among you. What then, brothers and sisters, whenever you come together, each one has a hymn, a teaching, a revelation, another tongue, or an interpretation. Everything is to be done for building up. If anyone speaks in another tongue, there are to be only two or at the most three, each in turn, and let someone interpret. But if there is no interpreter, that person is to keep silent in the church and speak to himself and God. Two or three prophets should speak and the others should evaluate. But if something has been revealed to another person sitting there, the first prophet should be silent. For you can all prophesy one by one so that every may, everyone may learn and everyone may be encouraged and the prophet's spirits are subject to the prophets since God is not a God of disorder but of peace. As in all the churches of the saints, the women should be silent in the churches for they are not permitted to speak but are to submit themselves to the, as the law also says. So here... Is where we see people have issues with women in leadership in the church. And that's not what Paul is getting at specifically. Um, again, culture and context matter. Um, culture back then was not that women weren't educated as well as men were. And so. To speak out would probably be speaking out of turn and speaking um, without understanding. We know that Paul is okay with women because he allowed himself to be taught by Priscilla and he sends other women. So that's not it. There's there's a, there's a specific thing um, happening here. So keep that in mind. Because he goes on in the next verse says, if they want to learn something, let them ask their own husbands at home, since it is a disgraceful for a woman to speak in the church. It was because they didn't, they didn't have an understanding and culture. Um, or did the word of God originate from you, or did it come to you only? If anyone thinks he's a prophet or spiritual, he should recognize that what I write to you is the Lord's command. If anyone ignores this, he will be ignored. So then, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy, and do not forbid speaking in other tongues, but everything is to be done decently and in order." And Psalm 147, hallelujah, how good it is to sing to our God, for praise is pleasant and lovely. The Lord rebuilds Jerusalem. He gathers Israel's exiled people. He heals the broken-hearted and bandages their wounds. He counts the number of the stars. He gives names to all of them. Our Lord is great, vast in power. His understanding is infinite. The Lord helps the oppressed but brings the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Play the lyre to our God who covers the sky with the clouds, prepares rain for the earth, and causes grass to grow over the hills. He provides the animals with their food and the young ravens what they cry for. He is not impressed by the strength of a horse. He does not value the power of a warrior. The Lord values those who fear him, those who put their hope in his faithful love. Exalt the Lord, Jerusalem. Praise your God, Zion, for he strengthens the bars of your city gates and blesses your children within you. He endows your territory with prosperity. He satisfies you with the finest wheat. He sends his command throughout the earth. His word runs swiftly. He spreads snow like wool. He scatters frost like ashes. He throws his hailstones like crumbs. Who can withstand his cold? He sends his word and melts them. He unleashes his wind and the water flows. He declares his word to Jacob, his statutes and judgments to Israel. He has not done this for every nation. They do not know his judgments. Hallelujah. That's it, friends. Come back tomorrow as we continue to read the Bible together.